And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin the Friday show. Gary, how are you? I'm doing very well and and just doing some, a little bit of investigative work here. Uh Uh, And I'm not completely uh, done with it uh, yet, but uh, just, uh, you know, uh, seeing that we now have uh, an official AI czar, Uh an artificial intelligence czar, Uh and we're just going back to see some of the statements that the new czar has said in the past. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been. You know? What can be unburdened by what has been. 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 What we can see, what we believe can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. Who we can be unburdened by who we have been. What can be unburdened by what has been. Where we can be unburdened by where we have been and unburdened by where we are right now. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What could be unburdened by what had been. What can be unburdened by what has 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 been. Unburdened by what has been believing in what can be. What can be unburdened by what has been. 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 What could be unburdened by what had been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be 
unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. What can be unburdened by what has been. Uh, <laughs> She's smoking weed. <laughs> we can keep going. We could have kept going on with it. It's just, I love the piano music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is is that the music is often added, you know, and I'm sure it was here too to, to kind of you know. Well, that was put, that was put together by the RNC. I know, so just, yeah. I know, but the music is added. The purpose of adding it is to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, but this time. I dare say it actually added integrity. In fact, the music was the only integrity <laughs> you heard. And it's so funny because you'll you'll hear these things, these, um, well, for our audience, pieces of audio that are put together over the years and, and various organizations put them together. And they will, you know, sometimes put funny music behind them. This time, serious music poking fun at the vice president because she deserves it. And the music is actually the only thing you can take seriously. Well, uh, the White House announced uh, the uh, the uh, now the AI czar, the artificial intelligence czar, will have mm-hmm. a $140 million budget, the White House has said. It will be led by... Kamala Harris, and know what you heard there was uh, not, and again, I want to make clear, uh, it was uh, not chat GBT. That was actually her live. Yeah, no, that that's, in, that's her. In case people were wondering. That was not artificially created. <laughs> no. I mean, it was edited. It was edited, And yes. music was, was added. And music was added, yes. Oh my god. Do they not do they not see on something like that that when everybody saw that story they burst out laughing? Yesterday, who would think? Anybody there is no self awareness in this White House at all. None. No. No, there isn't. I just I can't wait till she's out talking about it. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty stoked. <laughs> well, I mean, for entertainment, for don't misunderstand, for entertainment value. Well, because, look, don't worry. There aren't any buttons she can push. She can't actually make things happen. If anybody's worried, oh, my gosh, they put her in charge of AI. Yeah, but they also put her in charge of the border. It's, it's, there's not anything she's going to actually do. Well, she will do, she will be as successful as the AIs are as she was as the borders are. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. That, that's my point. That's what I just said. So everybody knows she's that done, she's done. We're being nothing, very, this is, we're being very positive here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if you're worried about it, don't worry. It's not like there's a mainframe that she can walk in and, you know, this massive server and then all of a sudden flip all these switches. That's in Hillary's house. She can't even get in. Uh, They will be sending her to the most desolate places around the world uh, in order to find the root causes of AI. Uh Uh-huh. 
my God. <laughs> Talk about incompetent. I'm telling you. Well, we made it to Friday. Yeah, we did. Well, it just started, so we'll 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 give it some time. You see, I was uh, reading here: seven hundred thousand illegal immigrants waiting across the border. As many as seven hundred thousand migrants uh, are currently in Mexico, waiting to rush the United States. Uh, uh, Mexico border when Biden ends the public health authority known as Title 42 on May 11th. Wow. Yep. Uh, we we told you, by the way, that there's going to be a push and there will be even more. First of all, there always are more during the summer, uh, during the warmer months. But beyond that, the worry leading up to next year's election is that Republicans take the White House, the House, and the Senate. Now, for those coming here from other nations, try not to give the GOP that much confidence. <laughs> but the worry is is that the there would be a, a massive shift in border enforcement. Again, try not to give the GOP that much confidence. So you're going to see a surge this summer and next summer. Next summer is going to be insane. And one of the things, though, one of the things that's different now is anyone who is crossing the border knows they can go and get a bus ride to anywhere in the United States, oh, yeah. and they are going to choose sanctuary cities. Yeah, they expect now for it to just uh, 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 because it's been it's been clear. Uh, whether it's uh, Governor Abbott or whether it's um, in uh, in in Florida, that well, and and actually in other uh, blue uh, blue cities mm -hmm. that are saying, well, we're we're going to offer bike uh, bike rides, bus rides to wherever the migrants want to go. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Too, we're going to do the exact same thing. You saw that you had uh, just in the last week, Lori Lightfoot complain about it, but only blame Governor Abbott. Uh, for the problem, Biden, for them, doesn't seem to exist. At least Adams in New York is talking about the fact that it's the federal government. And, you know, they've both said we've had enough. Well, you've got hundreds of thousands more over the next year that are going to be going to blue sanctuary cities. And I did read an article yesterday that I got to find it here. It was talking about Governor Abbott said, hey, no matter what you think about him, what he has done is expose the hypocrisy of the left. Mm -hmm. Come here, come here, we're a sanctuary city. Well, now they're coming there, and you're saying, you know, we don't want them. It's the typical thing that we've seen for the longest time. We saw it, you and I chuckled when Obamacare was passed, and that one couple from Northern California that was completely and totally for Obamacare, but were furious because their insurance went up because of Obamacare. And they were they were just incredulous over this entire thing, stating, well, you know, we're, 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 we're for the free health care. We're for the free health care. We're for Obamacare. We completely and totally support it. We didn't know we were going to have to pay for it. Yeah. And it's the same thing that you see in the sanctuary cities. Mm -hmm. 
The city councils voted for it. They don't want to pay for it. It was only the projection of verbal virtue signaling. They had no intention of actually backing up what they were selling to their own party. No. They should be welcoming it. You don't sit there. You're an idiot if you say, hey, we're open to all illegal immigrants and we are not going to, we are not, uh, uh, you know, going to um, uh, at all cooperate with the federal government. Well, these are, you, they're, the illegal immigrants become migrants because they are temporarily, technically legal in this country mm-hmm. and you still don't want them. And that's where the hypocrisy is being shown all across these blue cities, these Democrat cities that were so proudly over the last 20 years were sanctuary cities. Well, we're going to tell you, you we want you to come here, but when you actually come here, we're going to scream bloody murder that we don't want you here. And it's irresponsible for you to be coming to their town. Forget who the um, liberal was that wrote it a few weeks ago. That basically, as a party, we need to undo sanctuary policy. If that catches fire on the left, please make it happen before next summer. Well, just think about it. I mean, it's, <laughs> when, when you see Robert Kennedy, when you see Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. coming out saying completely against what's going on here. Oh, yeah. Well, because, look, the mayors and former mayor of Chicago, all these blue mayors, they know it. You've heard from them. You don't need anything more. Now, you're not going to hear Chuck say anything about it. You're not going to hear any Democrats on Capitol Hill because it's not their thing. Oh, no, that's we'll leave it up to the locals. You don't hear any Democrats in blue cities and blue counties and blue states right now praising and calling for more sanctuary policy. That's gone. Yeah. It is gone. It, It gets to what we've always said. Uh, and this is, this is a difference in this country and, you know, got, quite a bit of correspondence over the last couple of days from listeners, you know, saying, well, you know, and listening to us and, 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 you know, uh, again, saying what, you know, what do you think is going to happen in 24? And I have to be honest and say, I don't know. I don't know because as you and I have talked about everything over the last, I think about, you know, 34 years and almost 34 years in talk radio now and everything that was promoted, you know, up to just a couple of years ago was an abstract concept. The way we wish to do things will make your life better mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. That's what both parties were selling. Well, we got basically on all the major issues today, the Democrats got what they want. But the problem is their ab- abstract concepts now have hit the wall of reality. And as we always stated, it's not going to work. And the same thing here. Illegal immigration was an abstract concept. Most cities, you know, weren't, uh, again, uh, 
being overrun like cities on the border were. So they could sit there and proudly proclaim, you know, we are sanctuary cities. Well, now the reality is hit. This is what the border cities have been dealing with, and now they're screaming to high heavens that this has to stop. Well, what did you expect? But that's what the Democrats are. The Democrats live in a delusional, and you see it on every topic. You see it on energy. We can run the grid on solar and wind. No, you can't. No. No. You know, we, by spending $90 trillion, we will stop the Mother Nature from doing what Mother Nature is going to do. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, everything that they talk about has been an abstract concept that all of a sudden hits with reality. On the on the liberal, uh, uh, radical transgender uh, movement, same thing. All of a sudden it hit with reality. What was reality? It started going into the schools and the parents said, whoa, it stops here was a nice general concept uh you know they you know that's not going to hit me the country's not going to go for that democrats aren't really going to push the fact that a biological male can be a biological female well they did and now they're hitting with reality yeah uh, uh spending mm. we finally hit with rea- debt's no problem well most people now they know that the debt that we have and the deficits that we have are the cause the major cause of the inflation that we see today and again, reality is hit. And so I don't know what's going to happen. I, I know what's going to happen long term, specifically in 2024. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know when the country and independents and even many Democrats will take it serious and just reject the Democratic Party as just delusional and child, you know, uh, uh, childish. Well, uh, I will uh, correct the vice president. We have a future that is very much burdened. By your party's past. <laughs> We're burdened, not unburdened, yeah. Yes. 86690-RED-EYE. When it comes to truck maintenance, sometimes it's the little things that can cause the most trouble, like cabin air filters. When properly serviced, cabin air filters provide a barrier between pollutants and harmful particles outside and your HVAC system. If you don't pay attention to them, however, this small part can turn into big trouble in no time. Breathe easy when you know how often to get your filters replaced. Long-haul drivers should replace their cabin air filters every 50,000 miles or according to the manufacturer's recommendations. If you operate in dusty environments, consider servicing your cabin air filters more often. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. So the White House has nothing to say about the uh, accusation uh, out there from the whistleblower that uh, Biden committed a criminal act, and the act would be bribery. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Comer came out yesterday, though, and said 
He knows the country, and he knows the policy that was enacted for money. And so we'll get to uh, uh, that. Uh, Now, Grassley said he has not seen the document. Now, Comer didn't say he's seen the document. He just said he knows it exists. He knows that it exists, and this is what's in it. My question is, if he knows it, why won't he say it? Yeah, I guess unless he's worried about messing up the The whistleblower whistleblower process process or the actual whistleblower. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Horning. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Just so you know, when I said Democrat uh, cities will also be uh, uh, sending migrants to other Democrat cities, Mayor of El Paso said yesterday. Yeah. yeah. If. We may be getting five to ten thousand a day. Mm. We can't handle that. Right. If there's seven hundred thousand waiting to cross the border, and the majority are coming through Texas, and he, as he said right here, here's the quote: "If we start getting, remember, this is the Democratic mayor. If we start getting five to ten thousand people a day, they're not coming to El Paso. They're coming to the United States. Our job will be to continue." to help our asylum seekers get to their next destination. At this point, we're preparing for the unknown. You know, um, the fact that they would be sending troops to the border is as close to an admission 
by the Biden administration as you will ever get. At the borders being overrun. We have a border patrol. They've been overrun by this administration's policy from before the beginning of this administration. When Biden as a candidate in 2020 was saying, you need to come here. We welcome everybody. And then they showed up and said that. No, Biden told us to come here. And over and over again, this has been demonstrated. And now all the major cities that are getting these buses looking at, we can't, we, we can't handle this. This is a, every town is a border town. This is a U.S. problem, not a Texas problem, not an El Paso problem, not a Del Rio problem. It is everybody's problem. Uh, Abbott, uh, the governor Abbott of Texas, they the office said they expect as many as 13,000 migrants a day. Once Title 42 ends, that's just on the Texas border. Yeah. And so it's like, well, the plan is we'll send them to New York, Chicago, uh, where wherever they want to go, I I see this expanding in Texas because oh, there yeah, is no yeah, yeah. and and I also agree uh, with those who believe that the military simply going down there not to stop what's going on in the no, border. That's no. been clear. They they they're not going. To, this isn't going to be extra. You know, border patrol enforcement. No, no, this is going to be well. Okay, we're going to be there to help with the paperwork to expedite more illegal immigrants to legal migrants and have them enter. Yes, we're going to speed up the process. Here's they, what here's they, what they I need: would've... administrative help. That's what they. That's what he believes. Yes, right. Because Kamala is handling it perfectly. Well, no, because now she's going to deal with AI, <laughs> artificial intelligence. Yeah, as soon as as soon as she learns what that is, and you look at it, and and uh, the situation by next summer, I wonder at what point they're going to send more troops. Next summer is going to be insane, because the push will be, we've got to get here. It's always during warmer weather. Mm-hmm. We've got to get here and get across before administrations change. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So next summer will be the push. When you see if there's any election that promises a change in policy or even has a threat of a change in policy, there's going to be a massive surge. And it's going to look horrible outside the dnc and their big convention in chicago buses line up and it's not delegates (laughs) (laughs) well you uh what what i find interesting is when this first started last year you know you had new york oh we welcome we welcome chicago Mm -hmm. oh we welcome we Mm -hmm. welcome Mm -hmm. oh yeah for a couple of weeks you do yeah and then you scream like at the top of your lungs this is unacceptable. You throw your blame 
at the border cities and the border states that have been dealing with this, not only during the Biden administration, but you look at it over the last 30 years in this country mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and more. Yeah. It's been and, building to this, and Biden just opened up the floodgates. And this, so you this, get this it, was the right. response. Remember the Democratic Party in 2016. We need to build bridges, not walls. Yep. Sanctuary cities, sanctuary counties, sanctuary states. They're not screaming that anymore, are they? They nobody is nobody in the Democratic Party is screaming that anymore. Well, I mean, it's uh, nobody is screaming in the Democratic Party that we need a bridge to New York and yeah. a bridge to Chicago right. and a bridge to L.A. and a bridge to, you know, uh, Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Oh my gosh! But I mean, what? What? what, what, what we can't. We can't have immigrants here. <laughs> my gosh. The elites. What? Where? Where are all these buses coming from? This is the border problem. This is your guy doing exactly what he promised to do. Over and over and over and over. And this excuse that well, there's nothing we can do because Title Forty Two is gone. Well, no, you can simply say you claim asylum in, in your home country. Right. And everybody doesn't get to come in. Right. We will actually follow what the uh, what the border laws actually are. Yeah. So all the BS that they're going to throw at it, well, there's nothing we can do. Yes, there is. You just refuse to do it. Yep. You refuse to enforce the law. Yeah, right. And it's, it is, right now, we're at that point where a decision has to be made one or the other. And and I really do believe that the far left is looking at this and the administration is looking at this going, look, if we're going to break the border, let's break the border. If we're going to have an open border, let's just have an open border to where, you know, look, they're at the point already. Sending troops down to speed the process up. As reading from the New York Post, leaders in New York are now begging their counterparts uh, counterparts in Texas to stop sending asylum seekers. The city has admitted 60,000 migrants in the last year and still has 37,500 people housed in 122 shelters across five boroughs, stretching the resources to the limit. Well, get ready for more. Yeah. Because you advocated, you are a sanctuary city. The city council and previous mayors have encouraged this. You have said, we are open to anybody who wishes to come here. Yeah. And now you're dealing with it. Now everybody wishes to come there. Well, here's the thing. Think about what the sanctuary city and sanctuary county and state policy means or what it says. We won't spend our local resources in cooperating with the administrative resources, the administrative and federal enforcement. Now look at it. If they were to come in and start reversing that, what they would be saying is, 
we're going to now spend resources in cooperating with federal authorities. Except it's Biden's authorities. He's the one causing all of this. If you reverse sanctuary policy now, you're not going to get any relief from the Biden administration. Then Adams this week called uh, Governor uh, Abbott of Texas racist for busing uh, some 5,200 migrants to, quote, hurt black-run cities. He means that are headed by black mayors mm-hmm. uh, of New York, Chicago, Washington, and Philadelphia. And the New York Post uh, points out that that mayor of Philly is white. Mm. But that's the whole thing. And as we have said, well, then fine, let's play the Democratic game. Uh, mayor Adams, you're a xenophobe. Yeah. All the Democrats that run uh, sanctuary cities that now are saying, stop, you're xenophobic. Mm-hmm. And that comes from your playbook. Yeah. That if you're not for illegal immigration, you're racist. Yep. Yep. So this is, you know, this is what we're dealing with right now. Uh, They were talking about across the border uh, from El Paso. uh, Well, Lesser, the mayor Lesser said there's 15,000 migrants waiting to cross right now, Mm. uh, even though Mexican officials have projected the number closer to 35,000 just outside of El Paso. Yeah. Now, I say there's 700,000 that they expect wish to come in that will rush to the border as soon as it is lifted after they see what's what's happened here. Right. And nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to change. It's only going to get worse. Under a state of emergency declared by the city of El Paso on Sunday, El Paso is eligible for more federal and state help. (laughs) And as part of that, they said they will allow Abbott to move migrants as part of his controversial busing program, which has drawn... Uh, the complaints of Democrat-led cities where he has chartered buses. Hmm. Future transportation out of the El Paso would be dependent on how many migrants crossed into the U.S. legally, the mayor has uh, said. Well, you saw saw some of the reports in El Paso right now. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane there. Yeah. In some of the areas. Right. And... It's going to get progressively worse. You know, the Title 42 thing is just the beginning uh, because the rush is going to be get across before Biden is out of office. Yeah. Yep. That's a great point. And and you're going to see that. This is why you had the rush to begin with, because in 2020 as a candidate, he said it. We want you here. And if you were deported during the Trump years, come back. Yeah. They were they This were was by design. This is a plan. This is their strategy. And when they talk about sending troops to the border, it's not to enforce the border. It's to speed 
this up. What are they going to do with them all? Imagine that. You have 1,500 more processors. Yeah. Imagine that. Because the the mayors and the states aren't the only ones sending people to other cities. The Biden administration has been doing it all along. That's true. So for those blue mayors, you better get ready. This is only just beginning. And please be quiet because your argument shows your hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hardy, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90 Red Eye. Coming up fine, the uh, top of the hour, the uh, latest uh, on this headline, Representative James Comer, I know the country and policy decision linked to the alleged Biden FBI document. So he said he has knowledge of the country and the policy position that involves the alleged bribery scheme of the president. You know, there were complaints Mm. yesterday that the president really hasn't been even in shouting distance over the last couple of days with reporters. Right, yeah. Uh, You had John Kirby basically say, well, we're not going to get into that call the Department of Justice on it. Mm -hmm. This isn't going away. And every time the accusation gets stronger now, now the media wants to know. In fact, the New York Post was talking about you know, the possibilities of what it could be and talked about mm-hmm. back in, I think it was 2012, 2013. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, that this may have to do with Russia. Oh. Uh, may I, and mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll, I'll find that coming up on the top of the hour. But, right, yeah. Uh, again, Comer saying, I know the country and the policy decision. And the thing is, if this actually exists, then you have, you have again, you have dot one of criminal activity. Yeah that money was paid for that went to the Biden family, and then you've got all the other money that's been paid, which sets up the investigation at that point to really go after and find out why those payments were paid. Right. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. So here it is, uh, Eric, uh, Representative James Comer addressed a whistleblower's claim that the FBI possesses a document describing an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Joe Biden and a foreign national on Fox News. Uh, Comer told Sean Hannity that he has knowledge of the country and the policy position tied to the file, but says he's not at liberty to say right now we're confident that this does exist we're very confident in the whistleblower 
And look, this fits a pattern of behavior uh, that the uh, uh, that the Bidens have done. He said, we've already identified millions of dollars into nine different Biden family members, and we don't have any idea what they did to receive that money. Hmm. There are no businesses. That's what the Biden attorneys and their friends in the media uh, have said. Well, these... Uh, well, these were legitimate investments to different Biden business interests. There are no business interests. He added the businesses uh, was the business was that the uh, Biden's creating different LLCs trying to hide who the source of the transfer was and then deceive the IRS and then goes back uh, into the Biden's back pockets. So what they uh, did, they what did they do to receive the money? You know, he talks about deceiving the IRS. Does he have proof of that? I, I mean, or is ex- he just except assuming for, that he well, that he did by not well, claiming? Well, unless he's referring to Hunter Biden, and you know, and he Hunter Biden absolutely yeah. evaded, right. you know, paying income tax. You know, he got the loan from the the friend to pay two million dollars back, right. in order to hopefully uh, have the IRS respond in a softer way. Hmm. Uh, again, that doesn't do anything for tax evasion. If you evaded the taxes, you know, if if you attempt to pay it up, you know they're still going to come after you. Yeah. Well, uh, any normal citizen they'll come after still yeah. for tax evasion. Yeah. It, it's it's a completely different ball game if you file your taxes but can't pay them. Completely different ball game with not filing your taxes or filing your taxes and not claim not reporting something and not reporting income uh, especially when on that income you owe two million dollars yeah right yes at that point they're going to get you for evading income tax right and so uh as we know comer issued the congressional subpoena what is it about you know what might this be uh, about the new york post goes into it and and talks about the fact that um uh, yesterday, uh, again, it was John Kirby who asked the, uh, who was uh, answering the question. Uh, the question was, do you know what country this pertains to or what po- the policy decision uh, is? A reporter asked, I have nothing for you, uh, sir. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department, and I'm getting the hook. See ya. <laughs> of course, you don't want to be too long for that one, mm-hmm. do you? And then they write that the White House did not allow reporters any direct access to the president on Thursday, a rarity for a weekday. Well, it's not for the weekend because he's never around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Comer ordered the FBI to hand over the alleged document pertaining uh, to the alleged allegation against Biden at a meeting on May 10th. Apparently, he's meeting with Ray on Mm -hmm. May 10th. Mm -hmm. It seems like that meeting was already arranged. And so, you know, uh, so that's when they wanted specified in his subpoena that the record was created and or modified in June of 2020. The Post has not yet learned of the complaint that neatly matches the June 2020 time frame, though the created or modified wording attracted notice because it left open the possibility that the report was drafted earlier before being revised that month. One informant tip that may fit the description was given to the U.S. Embassy in Moscow in early 2012 about an alleged effort by Russian uh, billionaire Vladimir uh, Yevtushenkov 
to get close to first son Hunter Biden in order to influence the Obama administration. Uh, the Obama-Biden administration amid an investigation into his cell phone company for bribery. That tip was made to a State Department official and not an FBI agent, a source told The Post, and it's unclear if it was relayed to the Bureau and if so, when or why such a document may have been revised in June of 2020. The State Department official was in total shock and couldn't believe uh, something so brazen could be going on, the source told the New York Post. At the time, the Justice Department was investigating uh, Yevtushenko's cell phone company, MTS, for bribery, while then Vice President Joe Biden was helping to lead U.S. efforts to reset U.S.-Russia relations. Yevtushenkov met with Hunter to discuss real estate twice, according to documents from the laptop. Mm. In March of 2012 in New York City, in January of 2013 in Washington, it's unclear how many properties in the U.S. may have uh, purchased. Uh, in the, it, it's unclear how many properties in the U.S. he may have purchased in cooperation then with Hunter Biden. Ahead of his 2012 meeting with Hunter at the Ritz-Carlton in Manhattan, Yevtushenko allegedly said he wanted to befriend Hunter so that maybe he can, quote, maybe he can do a favor for us and we can do a favor for him, end of quote. A source who spoke with Yevtushenkov at the time told The Post earlier this year. So to recap, the Russian oligarch who's being investigated for bribery believes it's a good idea to engage in more bribery. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> to get him out of the investigation of the other bribery. bribery. Yes, the source said it was a complete quid pro quo that he was going in for. I told him that's not the way it works in America, but he basically laughed at me and told me I was so naive. That's a quote. MTS uh, MTS was at the center of a long-running Justice Department investigation into nearly $1 billion in bribes paid to Uzbekistani officials between 2004 and 2012. MTS, which was listed on the New York Stock Exchange before trading in its shares, was suspended in July of 2022, ultimately settled the case with the Trump Justice Department in 2019 and agreed to pay a $850 million fine. There must have been a lot of people, this is a quote here, there must have been a lot of people asking the DOJ why the DOJ wasn't moving forward with any charges related to the giant bribery scheme in Uzbekistan because so many people from so many countries knew that the Department of Justice and a dozen other countries were investigating it starting in 2011, said the source who told the Post about the Moscow embassy tip-off. It is possible that someone inside the FBI reported it in 2020 because they were disgusted that the investigation had been stymied for so many years. Uh, Yevstashenkov, uh, who re- until recently controlled large Russian military contractors uh, and another Russian billionaire linked to real estate shopping with Hunter, uh, have avoided the Biden administration's sanctions against Russia's business elite over the 14-month-old invasion of Ukraine. Now, that was talked of before. He Mm -hmm. is the oligarch that has not 
mm. been sanctioned by the U.S. government. That question has been out there as to why. Mm-hmm. And so, and and then they go into the other possible explanations, whether it's relating to McCormick, you know, and uh, Mc, you know McCormick's two complaints. Uh, but it says they don't fit the time frame of Comer's subpoena, though it's possible a similar one could have been submitted by someone else. The ex-stenographer, White House stenographer, said that he called the FBI and left a voicemail in November of 2020 and then submitted an online form, outlined his allegations in February of 2023. McCormick recently alleged that Biden and White House uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan engaged in a corrupt conspiracy to supply U.S. aid to Ukraine's natural gas industry within a week of Hunter Biden joining the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian national gas company. Sullivan told the Post that he denied wrongdoing. Burisma paid Hunter up to $1 million per year to serve on its board uh, beginning in April of 2014, and three days after Hunter reportedly joined the board, Sullivan, then a vice presidential aide, told reporters on Air Force One en route to Kiev that Joe Biden would push for U.S. support to Ukraine's national gas industry, mm. which later that year was awarded $50 million by Congress. The FBI uh, also received a very public tip from Hunter Biden business associate Tony Bobulinski weeks before the November 2020 presidential election. Bobulinski met with FBI agents at the Bureau headquarters in October of 2020 uh, to discuss and provide evidence uh, later than the document described by Comey and Grassley. So Bobulinski said that he met twice with Joe Biden in 2017 after he left the office of vice president to discuss a business venture with uh, CEFC China Energy, which a Washington Post review of laptop records found transferred at least $4.8 million dollars in 2017 and 2018 hmm. to Hunter and James Biden. So there it goes and goes through all the the rest of them there. But just give you an idea of the fact that the media is looking into it, and especially the New York Post, which broke the laptop story. So, of course, are going to go at it. I don't, this is a story that you can't ignore. It's interesting to see the response from the White House. The first response from a White House spokesperson we brought to you yesterday, it was like, okay, they're simply saying, Everything they've ever brought against him is false. They didn't actually address this specific issue. And then uh, uh, Kirby yesterday just didn't address it at all. The president wasn't around to talk to anybody. You heard nothing from the FBI. You heard nothing from the Department of Justice. You know, again, we, we talked about yesterday that being the, the first tell. And you also don't have, you know, typically what you would have is, first of all, you know, as you mentioned yesterday, um, the AG or Director Ray or somebody stepping up saying, hey, just a quick statement, no questions. Uh, those allegations are false. The document doesn't exist. Somebody's been duped here, and we'll get to the bottom of it. But those allegations are false. And then you walk away. That hasn't happened. One of the things you also look for in something like this in the wake of that is the president's party rallying around him going this is all false made up by the republicans any chance they can get to make the republicans look bad nobody's stepping out in front of this right now and you have to ask yourself why even the white house and joe biden are hiding from it they're not touching this why 
And when you had the White House, uh, after this report came out, just basically say, oh, there's been all these allegations thrown out uh, against uh, the president without any evidence whatsoever. But And you and I noticed it yesterday, but they didn't address this specific allegation and say, no, that is false. Uh, you know, any any accusation of bribery would be false against this president. That's what you want. That's that is the proper way to do it. If you know you've done nothing by now in the remember in the in the Hunter uh, laptop story by now, you already had uh, Anthony, Anthony Blinken on the phone with his intel buddies putting a letter together. You know, they, the point is. You would see that rallying around them if they if there was any hole in this story at all. You would see them punching a bigger hole in this story, in in full circle. I mean, the wagons would be would be circling, and would be nonstop because this is horrible. If this is true, if there's evidence of a quid pro quo. It's over. It is. And we don't normally say things like that. I mean, that, it's, that isn't just, you know, yeah. over-the-top rhetoric. Right. No, but... If, it, it, if that, at that point, that would be... It, that's how yeah. big it is. That's now, how big it is, yeah. It's quite possible. It's not true. Somebody was duped. A number of people were duped. We don't know what they know. But you look for the tells. That's why you look for the tells. The president knows if it's true. By now, the AG knows if it's true. Yeah, and so does the director of the FBI. Yep, yep. they all know whether it's true or not. And if it's not, why haven't they said anything? Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Most owner operators leased to larger carriers are paid on a per mile basis or a percentage of revenue per load. The per mile basis is most prevalent among larger fleets. Percentage at smaller. Pay per mile tends to dominate discussions about pay just because it's easier to measure. And pay per mile often is wrongly used as the deciding factor in leasing to a carrier. While pay per mile can be a vital factor, it's not a cure for every ill. Nor does it mean a big settlement check is coming an owner-operator's way. Why? Because pay per mile always must be considered in balance with gross revenue as well as total costs. Gross revenue can include flat mileage pay mileage pay that varies by length of haul, percentage revenue pay, and more. Most importantly, though, for every revenue dollar generated, only part of that dollar is profit. But for every extra dollar of cost saved, the entire dollar contributes to profit. Knowing and understanding your cost to operate is fundamental to understanding the true value of any pay package. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Here's when the White House was asked about it yesterday. John, I, I've got a question about the uh, House Oversight Committee subpoena that was issued yesterday. Um, it's seeking an FBI document from 2020 that, uh, quote, describes an alleged criminal scheme 
involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decision, decisions. Uh, what, what's the White House's response to this serious corruption allegation? I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department on that. I, I have nothing for you on that today. No. Do you know what this is? What country this pertains to, or what policy decision? I have nothing for you, sir. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department, and I'm getting the hook. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> and I gotta go like now. See, and because the correct, yeah. the, what's the correct answer? The correct answer is this president has never uh, broken any law, never taken any bribe. Those allegations are, are false. Completely they false. didn't even say that. Yep. That's huge. You haven't, and you didn't see it the day before. Yeah. When it was Ian right. Scott, right? When when uh, he put out his statement, uh, it basically was generic and said uh, the Republicans have accused this president without any evidence of so much wrongdoing, but never addressed this particular thing. Never said. No, the president never took a bribe. It's insulting. Is the Republicans right. just trying to do it? These allegations are completely and totally false. That would be the correct answer, right? That would be the only answer. Yeah. We're gonna, we're not going to talk any any more about it. We're not going to take questions about it. But we're going to say this: the president has never broken the law, right? As vice president or president or as a senator or ever, he's never broken the law. End of story. Full stop. Why aren't you hearing that? I mean, yesterday, we gave them so much leeway. We said, well, maybe, maybe during the day on Thursday or Friday, of course, Friday, by Friday, come on. In the world of the bubble of today, on something so critical, you've got to get out in front of it. You've got to stomp that fire out and nobody's willing to do it. Oh, I'm getting the hook. I got to go. It should be quite the opposite. Everybody in front of a camera right now, you repeat these words, the president has never broken the law. You know, when he did that, when he said, I'm getting the hook, I've got to go, to me, I, I, again, maybe, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it. To yeah. me, it was almost a sense of panic. No, it really felt yeah. like panic. It was horrible. It was really horrible. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. The Bonus Show. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. And, and that's what's, you know, that's what's so shocking, Eric. By the way, we're just continuing the discussion here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just, we didn't, we don't even stop during the break. No. Nope. Yeah, it's, and, the, and, the, because, you know, that's why it's important to look for certain signs or tells, as I call them, of, all right, 
because um, typically that's what you would see. We've been doing this long enough uh, to know what to expect. Most anybody around today is uh, is savvy enough to uh, know what the habits of the media have been in the modern age and how any administration handles a fire. But this has the potential of being the fire of all fires. I mean, quite possibly uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, pre- uh, presidential scandals in history, you know, depending on, again, where this goes and what this rises to, if it is a quid pro quo. Well, if if it, uh, you know, when, when, when you look at without any criminal element in it, Mm-hmm. It is still, and everybody knows yeah. it, This it is the biggest influence-peddling scandal and corruption in the history of American presidents. Yeah. Now, maybe right. there's something, I, I don't, I, maybe I look at the history books, maybe somebody did this in the 1800s, I don't know. But in modern history, I don't know anything that touches this with the amount of money that that went to the president's family. Yeah, yeah. And and the number of witnesses that exist already who are willing to go under oath and say no, he's the big guy, the you know, he got the 10% or Hunter Biden himself from the laptop. You know, writing the email to one of his relatives that well, uh hopefully you won't have to give half of what you get you know, basically to Biden. Yeah, right. To, to, to Joe Biden. Right. I mean, and, and then just, you, this is the problem. And the silence, think about this when an accusation was thrown against Trump. You would have immediately, you'd have, you would have a number of people in the media say, there's no evidence here. There's nothing here. Right, right, yeah. And and, and the president would come out and say, I've done nothing wrong. And the people around him would say, we've, we've done, done nothing wrong. It was immediate. And you would have members of the media and members of the Republican Party come out and say, well, just another accusation. But again, there's no evidence. There's no evidence whatsoever. The problem here, the reason you have, and I think it's, I didn't hear any Democrat come out except, you know, the White House spokesperson mm-hmm. who said, oh, they always throw allegations against this president without anything to back it up. But I didn't see any member of Congress. No. I didn't see any senator. No. And why? Because they're absolutely paranoid. And why? Because nobody can explain what the Biden family did and Joe Biden did, what service they provided to get hundreds of millions of dollars to the family and the foundations that he represents and the number of anonymous donations. Nobody can figure that one out or nope. the think tank, the, the Penn Biden think tank. Right. That yeah. supposedly got yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And so you, you look at all this and you say, oh, God, this is bad. The money is what's keeping anybody, any Democrat from jumping to defend Biden on this. It's the money. The money transfers. And what we know already, it doesn't make sense to anybody. And Democrats, as I said last week, Democrats are not worried about the president's age at all because they believe that they can and his staff can manipulate them, him in whatever direction that they wish to go. This is about 
This is about the influence peddling. They know if this is true, and you can figure out the quid pro quo on it, it's over. Yeah. And if it's true, it's not just what the president did. It would be also the cover-up and attempting to hide what the president has done. Every Democrat knows that right now, which is why nobody is talking and nobody is defending the president, except the president's own people, but in a generic way. And even Kirby yesterday would not defend the president and say, there's nothing here. He's never been involved in any type of criminal act whatsoever. Maybe a traffic ticket at some point, but that's not criminal. That would be a traffic violation. And then joke about it. Because if it's not true, they already know it. They know whether it's true or not. And if it's not true, that's what you would hear. Well, the FBI does it. The Democrats don't. The FBI, well, yeah, the well, FBI Department but, of Justice. But, but the president does. Oh, the president does. Yeah, I, I was talking about other Democrats mm-hmm. that, yeah, that, yeah. that are they're just quiet because the administration would be out in full force. All hands on deck. The president, this is false. The president has never broken the law. Leave it. Now, here's my question. Because what do you look to do otherwise? Well, you would look to spin it or just flat out lie about it. I know you're saying, well, spinning and lying is the same thing. (laughs) Sometimes, yes. Sometimes it's just a lie. Sometimes it's a lie that is also a political spin. And there is a difference. So... If you were to come out now and say it's not true when you know the document exists, then at that point, everybody who touches that falling sword, if that were the case, is tainted. Is tainted. Is part of the cover-up. Is legally, possibly legally tainted. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to be in that position. But at the minimum, politically part of the cover-up. There is, yes. And you can't get around that. Now, there... Over the years, you know, over the ages, <laughs> the older the older we get, we can say ages. The word over the ages, there are some who will fall on the political sword for you. Every once in a while, it does happen. No one's even. It's because that's the thing. If if it's if it's true, but they believe that there's. Any chance, any glimmer of hope of getting this thing behind them, you would have heard that by now. And what you're hearing is, I'm getting the hook, I got to go. That's insane. That's That to me is, because I fully expected something different yesterday. I expected something. But, but. One thing that you 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 look to hear is the president has never broken the law. The president has never broken the law. Because let's say that the document exists, but the document doesn't give you enough of proving a quid pro quo, right? Then that would be their opening. Okay, look, that doesn't the document exists, it doesn't prove anything, so what are we gonna do? We get out ahead of it. He didn't break the law. He didn't break the law, he didn't break the law. That's all you're gonna say, you're not gonna take questions. The president has never broken the law. You didn't hear that yesterday. 
here's the difference, too, because we go because it's the, the best comparison you can make because Trump was the last president and the accusations against him were you know, out of this world. You know, you think about it when it first came out with the dossier and mm-hmm. the whole thing and the, uh, you know, the hotel and the urination and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, this is all just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, these allegations are bizarre. And again, it's, you know, intelligence officials, foreign intelligence officials, you know, gathered through this or whatever. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it, it and you just went, this is so bizarre. And it ended up being completely and totally false and bizarre because Iggy Danchenko put it together in a drunk fest. Right. So it was all part of a drunk fest. I don't have to come up with anything <laughs> to, to throw at Trump. Yeah. This is different because this isn't foreign intelligence sources or sources say these are whistle, this one, a whistleblower. Mm-hmm. And the difference is whether you have the whistleblower at the IRS or the whistleblower this whistleblower here, which probably is a whistleblower from the FBI, they cannot lie to Congress. If a whistleblower goes to Congress and lies, they go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference. We know basically the 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 whistleblower infrastructure setup and what it leads to that a whistleblower is taken more seriously when it comes from law enforcement because people know who that is. It's not the media reporting a source and the source is just feeding you, a, as as with the entire um, Russia collusion thing, feeding you BS left and right. The IRS is a whistleblower. McCormick has come out publicly Bob Yulinsky has come out, you know, publicly. These aren't sources any. These aren't sources. They're whistleblowers and people that have come forward. And that's the problem. That's the problem that this administration has. That's why you don't have Democrats coming out and saying, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Because they understand whistleblowers are a completely different ballgame. Well, and that's that's it. Uh I wonder if, you know, they're right now, how many people in the administration are scrambling because there are a number of people that don't have firsthand knowledge. They don't know who the whistleblower is. There are some at the top that do. They know whether the document exists or not. But within the administration, there are a number of people that don't know they're uncertain, and they clearly have not been given talking points. And Democrats in Congress don't know. They don't know. They don't know. So they're all scrambling, going, oh, what are... and Biden isn't feeding them right. talking points. But it's one thing, for example, when the allegations were about Trump, you had people come out directly and just say, this isn't, you had Republicans defending Trump, saying, there's no evidence that this happened. We, can... we said it. We said, these are sources. Where's the evidence? Where are you connecting the dots here? We said this from day one. Yeah. Where, where's the actual evidence? And as it kept going on, we're like, there is no evidence. And we went, wait a minute. Now now they got a special counsel. Yeah. They can't even tell you what the specific crime might be in the special counsel. It's a broad generality. And we went, it's a fishing trip. And it, 
yeah, fishing F- expedition, yeah. A fishing expedition, mm-hmm. uh, fishing trip, same thing. A fishing expedition. Well, if they actually went to Russia, and and, and, and it found, and we found out later on everything that we thought, based on you know how everybody's acting in this, and you know what what's the information being fed to you, and where's it coming from? What it, sources say? Sources intelligence. That's not good enough. What did Adam Schiff say? Think about it. What was his evidence? Of Russian collusion, the meeting with Veselnitskaya, right, which was ridiculous. Which That's was what, ridiculous. Yeah, right. He said that on the View, right. But, but before that, he was just using intelligence sources, right. And and so this is a case where this is whistleblowers, uh, uh, you know, uh, testimony. You know that once they come forward, there's a process. They cannot lie to co- they cannot lie, uh, you know, to Congress. Otherwise, they're committing a crime in the entire whistleblower process that's going on. But the biggest thing is the Democrats in Congress, they don't know. The Democratic leadership doesn't know. Nobody's defending Biden. Why? Because everyone knows that the money was paid to the Biden family. Mm -hmm. And it came from foreign sources. And that is indefensible. You can't defend that. Even if no law is broken in the influence peddling, that is as toxic of a issue as you can get with any politician, and that's that somebody is paying you money, and you may be doing them favors. And the reason I bring up the Veselnitskaya meeting with uh, with uh, Donald Trump Jr. at Trump Tower is because we had already, you know, Adam Schiff just used that as a poor excuse, uh, an exit ramp on the View. We had already, but but think about where that began, because Donald Trump Jr. came out and said, "Oh." They're talking about the exchange here and the setting up of the meeting. Okay, everybody, here's almost my stuff in the the email. Here's the entire he published the right. entire email exchange. The point is, when you believe you've done nothing wrong, you jump out ahead of it. And in that case, it wasn't even Donald Trump. It was Donald Trump Jr. saying, "Whoa, I didn't do anything wrong." Here's the entire exchange right. of the emails right here for everybody to read, and then. All of that, what you have here is, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that, and I'm getting the hook. Yeah, you didn't have to wait for the subpoena. Donald nope. Trump Jr. said, here it is. Here it is, because that was the threat, is that, well, we've got we've got the goods on him. And he was like, well, no, you don't, because here's everything right here. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. More on these allegations uh, coming up. Plus, productivity down. We Do we have numbers coming out today? Unemployment numbers oh, come okay. out later right. today. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. 
Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for uh, being here. As uh, always, we have made it to a Friday. Uh, you know, as we talk about, you know, what's uh, what's going on now in this congressional investigation into whether the president uh, uh, actually broke the law, quid pro quo, bribery, whatever, uh, because a whistleblower has uh, come uh, come forward. There's a lot of talk. I mean... Uh, Got some correspondence yesterday that said, "Well, it really wouldn't matter because if Biden took, when Biden takes a stand, he would just uh, claim that uh, he has cognitive problems or dementia and doesn't remember." It would never get to that point. If this is true, it will not get to impeachment. Yeah, right. If it gets to this point, uh, the president, I believe, would resign before it ever got to impeachment. I, I think so. Yeah, and yeah. and I say this based on remembering watergate yeah unfortunately i'm old enough to <laughs> clearly remember watergate mm-hmm. yeah because it was and, inev- uh, it was uh the it was the vote in the senate that was inevitable that was going to yes. you know seal the deal on yeah. that yeah exactly and so when you uh when you see that and remember that was a cover-up of bugging democratic headquarters right this this would be uh, the the if if it's true and and it comes out and you know the money you can see the money transfers and and everything else and mm-hmm. and what was done and it was clear and the investigative authorities knew it and covered it up. Well, that this is a thousand times bigger than Watergate because oh, yeah. it yeah. is about because it's not just it's not just that one act. Of whatever that bribery might be, then it taints all the money that yeah. they got, yeah. and the investigation going. That's too big. When you don't have, when you see, and 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 I base this number one on the polls, uh, and you know that you know Biden is not that popular to begin with, and the fact, like I said, it's the money, the money transfers that we know have taken place already, the enrichment of the Biden family. You had a congressman, I think, stand up last week or two weeks ago and say, um, it's not against the law to take money from foreign governments. It was like, you need to shut up. <laughs> you, know, you, you, yeah. you, you need to shut You're not going to win. You know, you're not going to win that one or to sit there and, and the argument, which was, well, uh, he's just making money off his name like Trump. No, Trump is no. A leg- in a legitimate business and has been in a number of legitimate businesses and has been investigated a billion times on well, those businesses and everything. Well, you have to shank off. The meeting, uh, you know, was, uh, according to the reports from the New York Post, if that's part of it, you know, for example, right. then it was about real estate. Well, why would any Biden be talking about real estate? You know, and that, I'm assuming that was a cover for, you know, what they were really wanting to talk about. Um, but if... Eric Trump or Donald Trump Jr. meets with an, uh, anybody about real estate. 
you know why. There's yeah, a, you know or why. at least right. you can say, well, there would be a legitimate reason. Right. And and so that's that's the problem. You have no one. And when it was crickets yesterday where no Democrat said, well, this is just ridiculous. We know that Biden never committed a crime. You didn't hear any of that. If it happened, I don't know of it, and I haven't read it anywhere or seen it anywhere. Yeah, right. If it did happen, maybe somebody out there did. But it was basically crickets. It wasn't like when Trump was accused of something and you had Trump, his supporters, the White House. Yeah. Uh, other Republicans say, no, sorry, you got to provide evidence because you've cried wolf so many times and everything ends up not being true. The problem here, again, it goes back to the money. Now, the other thing of real interest is everybody's wondering where has the president been over the last nine days, 10 days since he announced, it would be 10 days now since he announced that he's running for president. There was a story out yesterday that we brought to you that said they hardly have anybody working on the campaign staff at all. They're not fundraising, that nothing is really going on. And I want to go here. This was, you know, Pete Ducey, who said in his four years of covering Biden and, you know, the two years in office and then. The, the campaign to lead up to it is he's been yeah, following right. him. Yeah. He said, never been a day, uh, never been a time like this where the president has made so few public appearances. Uh, here he is yesterday on Fox talking about, you know, how unique and strange this is. It's very unusual, Jesse. And remember, when he announced there were all these polls that showed that voters, Democrats, independents, Republicans, all have uh, potential issues with his age. And so President Biden told anybody that was worried about voting for somebody who is 80 now, watch me. And so we have been watching him. It's our job. And there's just not much going on this week. I've got the schedule here. On Monday, there was a photo op with the Filipino uh, president. On Wednesday, there was a photo op with some visiting military leaders. And then today, they posted a Twitter video. He popped in for a few seconds to an AI meeting that the vice president was hosting. He never even sat down. And that is it. That is historically in the four plus years that I've been with Biden. Uh, that is about as as little as we have seen him in a week. And remember, it's been nine days since he announced still no campaign kickoff. No campaign rallies, and there's very limited campaign staff. When he had COVID last summer, they even had us go to an auditorium here on campus for a virtual Q&A with him. And I was going through uh, in the hour since special report, nine days since the campaign. There have been lids called uh, three of the days, 2.30, 2.22, and 3.47. It's very early. Uh, people criticized President Biden a lot for being... A, allegedly in the basement last time, but it worked. And his opponent this time may be the same. Uh, so the strategy may be the same. I don't think that's it. I, I don't think that's it right now. I, I, I don't I would, think that's it. it. I may have told you that, I don't know, six months ago. And we, we kind of joked about it. You know, if you're actually in the White House, you can't run from the basement. But I don't think that's it. I think he's hiding. I, I And the reason I don't think it's it is because Kamala Harris is everywhere. Yeah. And she hurts. <laughs> it's amazing. <clears throat> she hurts the campaign more than him speaking. Yeah. And she's been all over the place. Yeah. In fact, they're promoting her. She's now the AI czar. Yeah. So it's not about because if if 
this if they're in campaign territory right now where it's like okay we need to be in the basement again then i'm sorry harris is in the basement the 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 reason that they're hiding him is because they don't want because what's the only question that mo, that most reporters wish to ask him right now it's all about this did you did you take a bribe from someone is this legit what the whistleblower is saying and i believe from the very very beginning and we said this when he started when he announced his uh, his his campaign and then nothing happened uh, and everybody's talking about his age. I go, it's not his age that they're worried about right no, now. It's no. not his age. They're worried about influence peddling. And, you know, with the, the other whistleblower that had uh, had come out and then McCormick had come out. And then you had the um, the uh, the the story, the the both story about, uh, you know, the, the uh, IRS whistleblower about Garland, mm-hmm. you know, Garland, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, telling, you know, not telling the truth before Congress. And then uh, the um, uh, McCormick with uh, about Jake Sullivan being on the plane, and then there's one more. There's one more. Blinken. Oh, Blinken. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the whole the whole Blinken thing when uh, Mike Morrell came out and said that uh, Blinken was the impetus, and I just went, they don't want all these things are coming out. This isn't about the campaign. They just don't want him to destroy every week and maybe destroy his presidency because he's going to want to argue with some of these reporters on it, and they'll catch him. Yep. They're afraid what the president will say. So it's not about the fact they're not in campaign mode to hide him right now. That may happen next year. They're scared to death of all these allegations. Yeah. And I know he's hiding from well, the allegations. There are people in the White House. You know, Biden knows what he did. Hunter knows what he did. Uh, you know, in, in, in you know, uh, whether it's true or not. I don't know how many people outside of those two, or, or, or Jim Biden, you know, the family mm. members may know the one w- what exactly the situation is, but Corrine Jean Pierre probably has no idea. Yeah, Kirby probably has no idea, exactly. and, and they don't wish to defend him. They're simply going to say, uh, "Go to the Department of Justice. Go to the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Go to the Department of Justice." Mm-hmm. Well, when you do that, people are waiting for you to say, "Wait a minute, I didn't do anything." And you're not getting that from the White House no. at all. Nope. Nope. That's a problem. And, you know, that was uh, I talked about that uh, earlier, about how many people may be in the dark about this. Actually, at the White House may be in the dark about this. In fact, I'd venture to say, I think it's safe to say, most people that are at the White House are in right. the dark. Because probably, you never know with this president, but probably uh, Hunter and the president, you know, romping around the White House aren't talking to too many people that we took bribes. Yeah. Probably isn't happening if they did take bribes. Yes. And they're probably not promoting uh, that fact. And so uh, I, I just, it's, I mean, it's fascinating to watch this. Yesterday was a fascinating day because of what didn't happen. And that mm. was nobody was defending Biden, including the Biden White House wasn't defending Biden. And and it's a very simple defense. All yeah. you do is repeat, he never broke the law, he never broke the law, he never broke the law, and you leave it at that. Eric, hmm? I have a whistleblower that says you took a bribe. I didn't do it. Wait, how much was it? Uh, One million dollars. <laughs>
Oh, no, I didn't do it for a million dollars. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I didn't do it for a million. The we, whistleblower. We need to get the big guy to say one the, billion dollars. The whistleblower. Yeah, has just come forward, deep voice guy. He knows knows everything. (laughs) He knows everything. And he also knows I wouldn't do it for a million? What? (laughs) You mean one million? No. Absolutely not. It would have to be much more. (laughs) I'm not going to break the law for a million. This is the problem. And we knew... This is why, yesterday, we gave them a lot of room. Okay, maybe someone will step to a podium and be in full defensive posture on Thursday or Friday. Frankly, it had to be Thursday. It has to be. From the get-go, you Mm -hmm. start with that at 8 a.m. The president didn't break the law. Those allegations are false. We're not taking any questions because we're not going to dignify this whole thing. End of story. Nothing there. You're not hearing that. And you're seeing now a president who's not even within shouting distance. You know, I'm wondering if he's going to take a 10-day weekend for Mother's Day. When I so when I got that correspondence that said you know when he Biden testifies that'll never happen and or you, you hear well mm. this he's going to be he he may be impeached for this I don't believe it'll ever get to that because yeah he no, has yeah. he has no there's no political backing at all for him uh, when when you look at the first impeachment because I view that as you know the 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 ultimate. That was the ultimate bad. They were both bad impeachments, but the first one was the ultimate bad impeachment. President had a tr- number of defenders out there. Even the second impeachment, with all the emotions surrounding it, you had many legal experts come and say, well, uh, I don't agree with how Trump handled it that day, but there's certainly no evidence of anything impeachable to the president. Right. That was said over and over again. If this is true, you're not going to hear anyone say that not even on the Democrat side, because no one right now, and I think this is part of the problem, even with donors, yeah, no one wants to attach themselves to influence peddling. And if it goes to bribery well, think and of, influence yeah. peddling, oh, yeah. nobody wants to be around that. And everyone knows there isn't one Democrat that doesn't know that the president... There's two things. We know the money was transferred. We don't know yeah, why. Yeah. Uh, many, many times between many different entities associated with different uh, countries not friendly uh, uh, to us. We know that happened, and we also know the president lied when he said, I don't know anything, multiple times, I don't know anything about Hunter's business dealings. Everyone knows, because there's evidence that exists that he knew, Everyone knows that's a lie. So now when it goes to the next logical connect the dot, which would be bribery, mm-hmm. who's going to jump in front of the president and say, we trust what he's, you know, we, we trust the fact that he didn't do anything wrong. And you, 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 you touched on the donors. The donors don't want to give to a losing cause. But more importantly, who wants to be on a donor list that's going to be scrutinized during this whole thing? Think about that. Giving money when he's accused of getting money. Yeah. 
You don't want to do that. You want to, whoa, 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 we'll park it over here until we know what's what. And that could be what's going on with donors right now. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Take a look at some of the economic uh, numbers. There's going to be pressure on the Fed to raise rates again. Mm. If you saw the, the you saw the private uh, job numbers, right? Yeah, uh, up, and they expect it to be up too, which means employment is still happening. And one thing they're talking about is wage inflation is skyrocketing. So yeah, in fact, the median forecast for the ADP employment numbers on Wednesday was 133 133,000 and it came in at 290,000. So right. if they believe that the you know that the situation is still to the point that you're not going to get on top of this inflation, um it will be interesting to see what the next report comes in on um on core inflation, then you have to move further. Now, I don't expect the Fed to to go at the next meeting to go further than another quarter of a point. They're not going to go to a half a point. They would have done that by now. Politically, you don't want to jump into that. You're too late in the game now. So um, we'll see if they actually do that. But it's it's an indication, uh, nonetheless, um, that we are in a situation right now of stagflation. And, again, I don't believe they're serious at the Fed. And the Fed and the federal government hasn't been able to, uh, I think, uh, temper the concern of banks, have they? No, no, they haven't. They haven't, um, except for Chase Bank. <laughs> That's actually the FDIC doing that. But um, <laughs> if you, but if you look at it, I mean, honestly, right now you have. I, I don't know. You know, an, uh, an analyst would have to uh, give us some more insight as to uh, which banks are, you know, are would be uh, areas of concern, but. It, it is safe to say it's the smaller banks, it's the smaller regional banks, and this is what we saw with First Republic and and some of the, you know, uh, issues there. And now there's no doubt, I think, that they're probably now going through a review process of, all right, uh, what about the oversight here on these banks and what about the the, the behavior, the activity of those banks? Um, and how much of that was uh, uh, that behavior, um, if they were taking too much risk, uh, was accelerated during COVID and everything else. But there is no doubt that I think right now you've got two big problems going on with the economy and their inflation and interest rates, which combined are stagflation. Listening to Red Eye Radio 
from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. I actually have been following something on social media on Twitter that has been fun to watch. Did you see that uh, actor Scott Bayo said he's moving from California? Mm. Oh, I mean, just, oh, the left hates him. They really do. They, really, they put I, a lot of energy in hating they, him. I mean, they, they really do. And, and it's like, you haven't had a job. He said, I'm married now and kids, and I don't have to work. And he, he, uh, he's talked about it in the past. How he's he, handled his finances yeah, right to the point that he doesn't need to work. He doesn't need to work. <laughs> and it's like, these people, I, mean, I can't imagine, you know, I can... I can attack somebody on where they stand on the issues. Yeah. Uh, and and if their personal life or personal habits relates to, uh, you know, where they stand on the issues, then maybe I can bring that up. But yeah, when you right. think about it, when you think about the, the fury, the probably the envy and jealousy, and we've talked about that a lot, how we feel that's... Probably, when you think about it, it's not racism that's the biggest problem. It's envy, jealousy, and lying. Yeah. But these people that are for, well, I don't, yeah, you haven't worked in a long time. My choice, I don't have to work. Yeah. Oh, and then they just get They furious. lose it. Oh, when, they, they when, just, he, when he says that. They uh, they lose it. They just yeah. lose it with him. And, 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 <laughs> Everybody doesn't love Chachi, but <laughs> <laughs> not everybody loves Chachi. But I'm, I'm thinking of the things, you know, his 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 work, and we all know that he was on, you know, Happy Days uh, first, and mm-hmm. and uh, and then it was it Charles in Charge, right? He, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. he had another one, I think. It was a Run Dad Run, I think. In 2012 was the last mm. thing that he uh, had. All sitcoms, and I, I can honestly say I wasn't somebody who was, you know addicted to any of the shows that he was involved in but i always found him you know humorous and yeah yeah and harmless <laughs> i didn't yeah i, I mean you, i didn't i didn't put a, a lot of energy into it right you know? and and so it's like well con- congrats on your success no i mean, you know, that's I mean the way it should be done i think i think it's a great success story right, right? congrats on your success and congrats yeah. you know congrats um uh, on the fact that you handled your money right, you didn't blow it, and right, yeah. you can raise your family and do the things that you wish to do, and and that's what you're doing. And we've always talked about capitalism and the beauty thing about capitalism. If you can acquire, uh, acquire wealth and you invest it, then you get to do what you want to do in your life. That's freedom. Yep. He's doing exactly what we have promoted as why capitalism exists, because it's the ultimate freedom when you acquire the wealth and you own the wealth and the government doesn't own the wealth that you can choose where you go in your life and that's exactly what he has done and that just for some reason bothers the daylights out of the left well i i just i just wonder why in the world are are you concerned about his finances oh on that oh it's somebody you hate and you're worried well you may not have enough money well, you can't have enough money. You're not. All of a sudden, you're concerned about his finances. Yeah. 
They really spend too much. They don't understand what they're doing. They, there's no self-awareness. You know, when someone that I disagree with, a, a celebrity, spouts off, you know, on social media, I can look at it and say, okay, uh, boom, 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 and we can, you know, often we'll, if we talk about it here on the show, based on the points that they made or tried to make, we can tear it down, have a laugh, and move on. I don't get into their finances. Well, I don't know if Barbara Streisand has enough money to have that opinion. <laughs> and she hasn't worked in years. I haven't seen her on stage in a long time. I think we all know what I'm saying here. She probably doesn't have health insurance. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know. I bet her mortgage payments are really high. And and I just I mean, it's like, well, what, where, where are you going with it? In the last couple of days, and uh, for and I think I think I started following him because I, I don't see his post a lot. But it was remember when when uh, he and uh, Henry Winkler were going at it back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was I mean, that was fun to pay attention to. Well, that that yeah. that. Wow, Chachi is challenging the Fonz. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> Yeah. And and so, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, that was and, and I saw this a couple of days ago. And I'm just like, you know, and I thought I needed to get a life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, exactly. people, get a life. Yeah. What do you why do you care what I owed about what Scott Bayo is doing? Right. Why are you obsessed with it? And, and these people are and they just they hate him. I mean, it is just the most vile stuff that you can possibly imagine. I'm just like, it's Chachi. Yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> I just don't. I I don't know why. You know, there's there's they and they quite often on the left, they spend a lot of time going into their personal life because the, here's the thing. The answer is for them, it is personal. Yeah, it is. You know, everything is personal. I don't take it personal. You know, at some mm -hmm. point, Scott Bayo started following me on Twitter. I think it was that time when he was going, a lot of people, a lot of conservatives were following him. And so I know you and I both follow him. But then he was like, you know, someone said, well, yeah, uh, he followed me. And then someone else made it. And then he started following a number of people. I mean, he, he follows 20, nearly 20, uh, over 22,000 people, you know. So it's... Oh, yeah. Is he following you too? Yeah, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm just saying. Let me see if he yeah. does follow me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, the thing is, is again, um, oh, I, I, you put too much energy. Wait a minute. He's the most wonderful human being on the planet. Uh, he's golfing in his picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's golfing. It, that looks like, boy, that could be Pebble Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like it looks like sort of like it, you know it's something on the it's something on the Pacific. It looks like mm -hmm. a nice, very nice course. Unless sure. it's Bandon Dunes in Oregon. Mm. Now that I'm playing, no, that looks like a wow. That looks yeah. like a very nice. Course. Doesn't look like a nice course. He's playing so. <laughs> his banner pick on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Wow, very nice. Uh, and. When, uh, you know, his wife was in charge, he was uh, doing the, um, they were doing a remodel of their kitchen. This goes back, I don't know, maybe a couple of years. And they were showing pictures of it. He and I have the same floors. 
who's got great taste in sports or leisurely activities and uh, uh, great taste. And uh, his wife has great taste. He says she was, you know, kind of in charge of, you know, putting everything together and designing everything. So she has great taste in floors. Yeah. Um, I don't know why in the world. It's, I mean, that really is the only answer, that they do take it personally. You know, and, and and of course, someone who was part of a sitcom in the past quite often is easy pickings, right? You know, they believe they're just going to. And then what drives them nuts is when he points out, um, I managed my money properly. I don't have to work. Yeah. That I, drives I, yeah. them He's, crazy. I remember his, I remember reading a post on that, and it just drove people. How dare to, you not have an addiction? <laughs> how dare, <laughs> how dare you not throw everything away? How dare you not buy a bunch of sports cars? What? How dare you not destroy your life how with booze, How dare you not drugs, make a series women, of very stupid decisions? Financial decisions. I just, well... You know, it's it's really because when when we and that's what I started thinking of when I when I saw it today. I mean, just the whole uh, envy and jealousy thing that exists in society. And I've never, I, I have to say, I have never, I jealousy for me mm-hmm. is just an emotion that has never been a part of my life. No, I, I don't, don't think I don't have time for that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been jealous or envious of anybody in my life. Uh, anybody that has, you know, done anything successful, if I get to talk to them and, you know, and you, and you know about their life and the things that they've done and everything else, it's like, congratulations on your success. Yeah. I mean, I, I view that as something as a positive and well, it's it's funny you say that because I was watching a, a video yesterday and, um, it was. You know, I was watching this guitar player who was uh, uh, talking about uh, getting these guitars given to him by Eddie Van Halen. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I wasn't like, oh, man, I'm jealous. I saw another, you know, uh, I saw um, while a neighbor of mine was moving and they were showing me pictures of their new place, a house they just built. Oh, my gosh, that's terrific. I loved it because I knew that they had been working toward that. They had reached a point, you know, this was kind of a, this was a new, you know, this new chapter in their life. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, that's great for them. Not, oh, I wish I could do that. Or I wish I had that. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. I really I don't never, know where that comes from. I, I That's something that. You know, I've had, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about my personal demons, the, uh, as I've said before, the rage of a serial killer that I have felt directed at my golf game. Mm-hmm. Then that was <laughs> that where I actually thought to myself, I, I may, I may seriously have a mental problem. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I would get so, and that's, I know I can be over competitive. That I know. I mean, if you, if you can't, if you can't analyze yourself by the time you get in your 60s, you never will. But you know, and so I can uh, view, and I know that in my past I've had a horrible temper. Mm. You know that, especially when I was younger, I it, it's really been a way. Most people don't see my my temper, but when it comes out, I mean, it can. And I don't remember the last time it's been. You know, I've 
you know, lost it with anybody. It has mm. to be probably, I don't know, 30 years. Mm. Um, but I, but it exists in me. I know that exists in me and that ultra competitiveness, which then turns into, you know, that, um, the, you know, in, in competition, that rage, it's mostly directed at myself. I think almost all of it's been directed at myself. So I understand those things that I had to improve in, in my life. But I just know jealousy has never been one of those emotions of anybody. No envy, no jealousy. And I know it's a huge problem. And that's why, you know, when I was watching it again when I saw Scott Bayo's post that he's going to move. And by the way, Scott, the place you ought to move, duh, Texas. Um, I tend to believe after looking at his uh, banner pick on Twitter, he's he might choose Florida. <laughs> I mean, it just... You know, with the, All right. the golf and the thing. And then not that okay. we don't have golf here, but that's that's right. Free, that's Free America East. Yeah. If he wishes to go to Free America East and not Free America West. Oh, this just in. Scott Bayo has bought Mar-a-Lago. The left goes crazy. Where did he get the money to buy Mar-a-Lago? Oh my gosh. No, it's it, 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 by the way. If he moves, I really hope he posts new pictures of this, like this huge spread, <laughs> just to drive the liberals crazy. What? What? It, 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 it's not even what it. I just, it, it's just, I don't know what you're what you're doing. You know, there was a, the the story we talked about the um uh, the billion dollar lottery winner, and. You know, it showed pictures of him coming out of a bank, and he's with uh, his security guy. And, uh, you know, and he's got, he, he bought that that house. We said, look, a couple of good moves. He bought real estate in California. You're probably, it's going to skyrocket, so you're probably, you know, going to actually make money off of that. It's like, you know, good for you, whatever. Um, but you're famously wealthy, and so, you know, that could be a problem. But he's taking care of that with security. But I saw the comments you know, after we it, it was it was after we had talked about it. I saw the comments and the people were like, "Well, he could do, he could give the money, he could buy the," and it was like jealousy, jealousy. You know, it's one thing to say, "I'll tell you what I would do." It's another to go, "Well, he should be." You can't tell him where he should be spending his money. Wow, it's jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. I know. I, it, he should be giving yeah. that. He should be giving that. He should yeah. be giving. And that's why you can't be famously wealthy. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. This sideline, Robert Kennedy Jr. blasts open borders. It's not anti-immigrant to oppose illegal immigration. Well, I'm sure he'll get the nomination. Uh, <laughs> wow, Robert Kennedy Jr. sounds sensible. Yeah, right. <laughs>
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Good morning. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app, and listen when and where you want. You know, I don't believe we've mentioned at all, maybe in passing for maybe five seconds or so, but uh, tomorrow is the coronation. Oh, yeah? Who's getting coronated? King Charles III. Oh. What do they do? They vote? What do they do? <laughs> um, I thought he was already in. Party? I thought CNN had already called it for him. <laughs> How does it work? How does it work over there? <laughs> Megan isn't going, you know. She's not going. Is that a snub to the royal family? <laughs> we want our privacy, aside from our social media and Netflix. <laughs> Leave us alone. Don't forget our social media and Netflix. <laughs> you want to get away from British rule. <laughs> so we're going to Canada. Okay. Aren't they still in the States, though? I think they're touring to promote their social media and Netflix. (laughs) After the coronation, Harry will come back, and they'll be doing their worldwide tour to promote privacy. (laughs) People should really, on a 19-part Oprah interview... They discuss wanting their privacy. (laughs) We just want to be left alone. We just want to be left alone. We'll talk about that the next segment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'll be glued to the TV over the weekend. Okay. Watching the coronation. Uh, Yes. All the festivities. What what kind of festivities do they have? I have no idea. What happens? They have a buffet. What is it? I know they have like horse-drawn carriage and stuff. You know. I'm, okay. All right. I believe they do. I remember that in something in the past. You know, with each step of this, <laughs> as you know, we get further and further along in a modern society. Doesn't it just become more and more ridiculous? Somebody did a stand-up. It's a female stand-up comic that did a bit on, you know, you, you're you basically... A fake party a, for as, fake people. Well, as, as a monarch, <laughs> you know, there's all of this, you know, uh, everything, every detail is planned out for you. And at the end of it, you're, you're, you're sitting there eating breakfast and you're reading the paper, you're... You know, making the point that this person is no different than any anybody else. And all of this, you go out of your way for all of this. Like we already know Charles is the king. I mean, I, it, it's, so then what happens Monday? 
I'll tell you what happens Monday here in the States. Mm-hmm. The liberal media starts talking about the fact of why we don't have our own royalty here, or at least symbolic royalty. That hasn't already begun. And, and maybe, <laughs> maybe if Biden is in trouble, Gavin Newsom can become the new Gavin Newsom and his wife can become the new Kamala. Ah, yes. Uh, as we had that back in the 60s, remember? Right. We had our own royal family. We had the Kennedys. I know. We had Camelot. RFK Jr. said, yeah, all that Camelot stuff was crap. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Don't. I don't well, even. Well, I mean, if if Camelot is being a serial cheater on your wife, mm-hmm. I mean, if that's, <laughs> yeah. if that's what Camelot. I right. mean, it may it might have been Camelot for John Kennedy. <laughs> Yeah. I, don't know about, I don't know about his wife. Yeah, Camelot, except the whole Chappaquiddick thing. Yeah. <laughs> we leave that part out of it. I mean, it's, but uh, I mean, it's, you know, the whole, the media was obsessed, but I haven't seen it in a while. I really, I really haven't seen the, the last you really saw of it promoted to the in, uh, insane degree was after uh, john john was killed mm-hmm. and yeah. i remember some of the media headlines the end of the Cam- end of camelot the yeah, end of yeah. camelot at yeah. that point it was just like shut up yeah I man just like come on well we do have we do have royalty here in the states harry and megan are here <laughs> <laughs> they can be our new american royalty how do people get to be better than me <laughs> I wish I could be like them better than other people. I wish I had other humans to worship. Yes. I, I, I need more humans to worship in my life. I have nobody to bow to. <laughs> I just I just want a curtsy. <laughs> well, you know, it's tough to understand. Well, be, let's be honest. You know, I understand traditions and 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 all that but uh we're americans we're mutts yeah yeah we don't view this we don't view the world the same way (sighs) we don't we don't don't bow to nobody that's right (laughs) which is technically a double negative isn't (laughs) that's true yeah that is true i uh you know, I don't know. It's uh, one more reason to uh, turn the TV off and go outside. Where your neighbors are out front in the yard I wish celebrating I, the coronation. I wish I could have pure royal blood. Yeah. Well, the let's closest, face it. The closest I ever saw that, you know, that the whole, you know, the whole you have royal blood in you was uh, the... Uh, the elitist Jerry Seinfeld when he got the uh, transfer of blood from Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> and he was not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, this, gonna, are, just talking okay. about the coronation can be fun, well, can it? <laughs> I know. I, I don't even want to Google it. I want to make sure everybody knows this conversation is not based on envy or jealousy. No. <laughs> but I'm going to have to do it. What? All right. Turn it on? No, no. No, no. Google something. 
Uh, Here's how to watch, because they're always telling you how to watch something. Here's how to watch the coronation. Does it exist? Oh, I bet it does. Wow. Oh, (laughs) they all did it. CBS News. PBS NewsHour. Hollywood Reporter. (laughs) How to watch. Because you may have forgotten how to turn a TV on. (laughs) (laughs) This This is like the Brian Regan bit on how to microwave a pop-tart mm-hmm. or or toast a pop-tart <laughs> yeah like you need instructions but no it, it's inevitable every time <laughs> no here's the other one <laughs> now i know that i typed it in but i typed it in for my own humor but other people have have actually typed it in to google because it already had the autofill but there are a number of questions where people have asked, how can I watch the coronation of King Charles in the U.S.? <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, now I wanna, I'm going to retype it. Oh, man. Hold on. I'm going to retype no, it. No, I put something. Is anyone having a coronation party in Dallas? Coronation watching party near you. Yes. you got to type. You, yeah. Yeah. That's I here's, found it, yes. Here's here's what I actually want to know. A coronation watching party. I'm gonna retype it. How to not watch the coronation of King Charles. <laughs> How not to watch it. Yes. <laughs> That's uh nobody nope, I'm the first. Nobody else has looked for that on Google. I'm I'm I, the first. Okay, I'm looking at all the the uh, the parties to be uh, held in North Texas. Uh, and they've 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 gathered a guide. NBC Five out of Dallas has the guide to the where to watch the coronation, the parties. <laughs> the, There's the a place watching. in place in Grapevine. Okay, all now, locations of the Londoner in Addison, Colleyville, and Dallas. Yeah, but it's the Londoner. It's a British pub thing. And yeah, they're, so, they're all yeah, Brit- yeah, they're yeah. all British pubs. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. all British. Pubs, okay, yes. all right. That you would expect. Yeah, because there are Brits here. Yes. We allow them. <laughs> we allow them to stay. Um, oh, I just realized we didn't uh, golf with the the mad Englishman. Didn't golf with us the other day. Yeah. Uh, typed it in a different way. Here's how to avoid watching the coronation. <laughs> I'm, I just got to see if. <laughs> I think I'm the first. Here's how to. Uh, oh well. <laughs> True story. The BBC. No, I'm not joking. The BBC. If you are not a royal watcher, here are five tips to avoid the coronation (laughs) celebration. I am not joking. They actually wrote it a day at the BBC. No, I've got to, I've got to well, click on this. What are the tips? I want to know the. No, now, I gotta, now you got that's, me. That's interested yeah. in this. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, you know, this is the BBC, so it's right. it's it's over there. Avoid central London. <laughs> <laughs> you, you pretty much have to avoid the largest city. <laughs> Logical. I mean, that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, right. Number number two. 
go offline. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, number three is the best so far. (laughs) Escape to the country. Now, I... I read that when I was skimming. My eyes read that as escape the country. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. (laughs) Look for alternative plans. Well, I think that's what we're doing now. Uh, And and then, uh, of course, some self-promotion, number five. Curl up at home <laughs> with some of our best content, being the BBC. Ah, okay, uh, and they have a list of it. Um, you know, this is uh, there. You go. Um, oh, what's funny is some of their one of the the choices of of their best content. Yes, thirteen minutes to the moon. <laughs> the story of Apollo Eleven. That's not a British story. <laughs> If you're re- no no no, you really have to be anti royalty to be going. I want to go watch the Apollo Eleven thing from the BBC. Oh my god! Wow. Oh my gosh, that's well, great. But if you're if you're in an English bar, I mean, is it appropriate to be getting drunk and watching it? Because it's on early in the morning, isn't it? Like real early in the morning. Uh, is it? It would be early. Start early here, in the morning. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. So, so is, it, watch is it appropriate here to drink early? Oh, I remember when it was the World Cup. This goes back, I don't know, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And and I remember our radio station did a thing, and we actually went to a bar. It was an English bar that was carrying all the soccer. Right. Or football, whatever they yeah. call it. Yeah, and And it was we were there like 5 in the morning, and people were... You know, drinking. Yeah. So I don't know if they got a special license or what the rules were, but yeah, right. People were drinking at five, six, seven a.m. in the morning. Uh, so is, it, is it appropriate to drink during the coronation? Yeah, I shots every time someone says something. I don't. They can't serve. What time can they serve? I don't know. Beer. I, I, I thought it was like later in the morning in our state. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what it was twenty years ago because this, yeah. this was a long time ago when because they closed bars the at two a.m. You and can't I, serve past two a.m. Right. So I don't know what time that goes to though. And I remember I had to go and I wasn't pleased. It's like you need to go and cover it, Gary. Mm. Oh joy! Yeah. And oh. then you can report in. I had to report in. I had to do breaks. Here we are at the World Cup at this. I'm like, this is the most boring yeah. thing ever. Yeah. I had to pretend I was interested. <laughs> okay, so here's a story from a Yahoo UK royal reporter, Emma McKenzie. Now this goes back uh, this goes back to last month. And she writes, and here's the headline. The Brits most likely to avoid watching King Charles' coronation. King Charles' coronation is fast approaching, and millions of people will be deciding how to watch the first ceremony of its kind in uh, in 70 years. Um, 
So King Charles Coronation is fast approaching, uh, and, and basically they're just repeating that last line. If they plan to watch it at all, the public appetite for Charles' big day is not exactly wholehearted. Recent polling by YouGov showed that most British people are not interested in the event. Wow. Even though many said they will still watch it. <laughs> what? And take part in the related festivities. Okay, is that just an excuse to drink? <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, interesting. All right. I like that, though. Yeah. How, to, how to avoid it. How it comes from the BBC. The BBC. That was, that was, ex- avoid- that was Hey, excellent. how about you watch yeah. our documentary yeah. on Apollo 11 that had nothing to do with us? 866-90-RED-EYE. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. Drivers should be familiar with how their actions affect their motor carrier's compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA score, in the seven basic categories. The driver fitness score is based on the physical and medical qualifications of drivers. The vehicle maintenance category requires drivers to know how to inspect CMVs and secure cargo. Hours of service compliance relies on drivers keeping accurate records of duty and abiding by hours of service limits. The unsafe driving category is affected by unsafe driving behaviors such as failing to wear a seatbelt or obey traffic laws. Drivers should understand the drug and alcohol prohibitions to prevent hurting their carrier's controlled substances and alcohol basic score. And drivers who transport hazmat must know how to safely transport hazardous materials according to the regulations. The final basic category, crash prevention, is based on how many crashes a motor carrier has been involved in, so drivers must know how to drive safely to avoid crashes. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. So I just I looked up uh, the uh, the TV schedule uh, for the coronation. And oh it's boy, like five a.m. to noon on CNN. CNN International one a.m. until noon, and then all the American networks: CBS, NBC, um, ABC, and uh, Fox. Uh, and I'm assuming that would be Fox News yeah, too. Yeah, from five a.m. And they don't say in the schedule here when, when they, they will end. Yeah, no, no so they're, they're going to go full on. And so it may be all next week. Right. Uh, so Fox News, you may not have Tucker Carlson, but you have the coronation right. every minute Yeah, until you regurgitate. <laughs> uh, the schedule also says Madonna is scheduled to start using a British accent at 3 a.m. And they're not sure when that will be done. Oh, 
The Bonus Show. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Well, unemployment numbers uh, come out uh, today. Uh, the uh, the private analysis came out earlier this week and, and showed uh, that there, I guess the projection, what was it, 290,000 jobs instead of what they thought was going to be 133,000? Yeah, the median forecast right. was 133, and it came out 290. And uh, that's one of the reasons they believe that productivity fell 2.7% in the first quarter. Just so people understand, if you've got people and if you, if you have a number of, if you have a number of people that are working and the profit keeps going up, but the, the employment remains the same, you get more productivity because you're getting more per person. Mm -hmm. So when you hire a lot and the immediate effect isn't that you make a lot more in profits. Yeah. Well, then productivity goes down until you can fully integrate those employees in and maximize the profit on those employees, where then you will see more of a stabilization in productivity or an increase in productivity. Yeah. And so the problem is here because most people would say, well, what's the problem with the fact that, um, you know, you're having more employment is the fact that this means now the Fed may have to continue raising rates in order to slow down the economy. One of the problems is that when you hire more people, that causes labor inflation. Yeah. Right. And so everything is interconnected in economics, isn't it? If you do something at one end, there's going to be... And that, that's why we've always stated the fact of the debt that we got into in this country and the debt that's going to continue. And I, I thought that was interesting that one of the – it was Jason Furman, the Obama economist who brought it up, mm-hmm. said, yeah, we, you know, it would be great if we could stop spending so much. And that right. came from an Obama Democrat, which blew yeah. my mind. Right. The recognition that the debt is so bad that the continued spending that the Democrats really wish to do – is just going to cause more inflation down the road. And so the Fed, what we heard was, well, this might be the last time that they raise rates this year. Now that may have been, you know, again, thrown out the window with, um, you know, with the product, the productivity numbers and the employment numbers that the economy may not be slowing down enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, but, you know, again, um, you know, many people have been saying, I'm one of them, you're one of them, I think, and, and that have been saying, the Fed has not been serious about this. It, look, you're either going to do it or, or, or not do it. And I don't expect them to jump seven points <laughs> in one meeting. But to get above six on the target rate for the Fed was what most analysts said. That's where you're going to have to get. you got to get above six in order to get serious about inflation. Well, you know, I saw this week the official, the, the official definition of stagflation. Mm. stagflation to to me was what i heard was always just the generalized that you know you're you're either in a recession with inflation or you have low economic growth with inflation and i saw one of the definitions that was put out earlier this week that said no stagflation is easy stagflation is when your gdp growth rate is less than your inflation rate okay all right and I went, oh, okay, somebody's actually de- – now, I don't know if that was just somebody generally defining it. 
because I'd never seen that. I mean, I'd never seen that official designation as definition of stagflation. Yeah, because if you have if you only have because I've never here's here's my point. That's why I was surprised by that definition. I've never seen where you might have uh, a, you know, 1.8 percent inflation and uh, for a quarter, one percent growth. And anybody ever call that stagflation? Yeah, I don't ever remember I, I've, that. Happening. I've never, I don't remember that. So when I saw that, I went, mm, I had to question that. But it was just interesting. We'll just throw that out. I but. mean, if they're saying that, you know, when inflation is, is uh, far enough above 2%. The, the 2% target, okay. then then you could say, all right. that may, Or maybe they're saying, look, that's the easier metric at this level, right, mm-hmm. in order to measure it. That could be the easier measurement because uh, the GDP is so low and inflation is so high. You know, so uh, if it were inflation were down at the target rate, maybe it doesn't fall into that category for them. I, I don't know. But um, certainly, you know, we're at a, at, a, at a situation where, oh, my gosh, I saw another uh, uh, story yesterday where the CEOs are getting – Basically, I don't know if they're warning people, uh, you know, these alarmist words, but certainly there is this, I think, this prediction about how fast the AI is moving and replacing humans. And there's a ton of questions in that, you know, in that whole, in this entire, um, uh, I guess, analysis of AI and how quickly it's moving. But, but the outlook of one CEO in the story was basically saying, well, you know, that's the thing is that with AI, it's basically saying what we have been saying uh, recently in our analysis, you're looking at not just like robotics, even in building cars, there's robotics, there's automation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that requires, that automation requires uh, the the building and main, and maintenance of that equipment well, with AI, we're talking about, you know, uh, essentially the software that learns. It learns to do and then learns also to teach. And so if you get to that level, then you've got basically robots teaching robots, robots maintaining robots. And, you know, so if you're, I mean, if you're looking at it from that perspective, robots sounds so archaic to say, but I mean, that's that's basically it. Automation that could... Um, become more efficient as that automation learns to become more efficient. And so if you look at that, you know, again, where where they're going right now, this you don't have to look very far. If you've got a fast food app on your phone, they, they incentivize those, you know, get free large fries, you know, if you, you know, on your, with your first order of whatever. When they incentivize, they're incentivizing that so that they can free up the, the traffic uh, at the actual drive through window and have you pull up in the in the spot where they're going to bring it out to your vehicle, um, but also in lessening the need, the demand for the human, uh, uh, you know, interaction there. Mm-hmm. Putting more, one of the things that McDonald's uh, learned about the whole McCafe thing, uh, their coffee line, and as they expanded it to compete, Starbucks and other uh, coffee companies uh, is that the it was slowing down the process. It was slowing down the pro- process of their primary 
role of serving those cheeseburgers and fries quickly. And it was, and so they had to kind of retool that. And what they're learning now about the app is that, again, you're making that entire process of that operation, that store, more efficient so they they can i don't even i don't even know if they still do this i haven't even been through a drive through to to see if they still have the clock you know that's running up in the corner because that was for the employees on the inside hey this person that's at the window needs to be served within whatever the target is i don't know 45 seconds mm-hmm. a minute whatever it is um but the idea is to shave off that time because that's the you know we we've had uh, John Taffer on and he talks about restaurants turning over tables. Uh, that's their turning over of a table uh, as you're going through more and more cars through the drive-through. You know you're 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 serving more customers and and you want to be more and more efficient. And so for automation for AI, you know they they need that to be as intuitive as it can be. And you're going to see that you're starting to see that already. In fact, with apps uh, for restaurants and and everything mm-hmm. else you could get to the point where all right if people don't want to be a server in a re- in a sit down restaurant then what are the options um how do you change the business model in order to uh satisfy the customer and and keep things moving and turn over tables and everything else and more efficiency well i i think though uh again because there seems to be especially the last month or so all of a sudden ai has become you know one of the number one news stories out there and a lot of people saying okay well what exactly uh is it but i think that uh now uh because of uh of her extreme knowledge in technical things and science Ah, and and software that uh kamala harris now being the uh ai czar should calm down the nervousness in this country about it now that we have yeah. that type of expertise I, looking at it. I've always seen her as, I mean, naturally, the next Steve Jobs. <laughs> you know, seriously? I think everybody does. Seriously? <laughs> they they shouldn't have sent Jill Biden to the coronation. They should have sent Harris. No, seriously, yeah. The head of the head of uh, AI. Uh, you, you know, when you mentioned though about you know uh, turning over, uh, you know, making sure that you know you turn over customers, whatever. Did you right. see? There was a story out. I don't know if it was the New York Times. It was about a week ago, and I, I wanted to bring it up, but just forgot about it. You just reminded me now that customers are getting ticked off because in New York City, you know, they're they're trying to, they're really inflation's killing them. Yeah, and so yeah, they've yeah. got to turn over tables inside of restaurants. Yes, right. So yes. now they're having time limits. If you go into a nice fancy restaurant, there's a time limit. You get the table for and, forty-five and, minutes, and you're out. Yeah. yeah. Well, some it's an hour, some it's ninety yeah. minutes. Yeah. And it's like you've you've got to go. You can't you can't go and like order appetizers and a couple of drinks and sit there and talk right. it's like sorry out for the night you know yeah. you're out yeah and customers are getting upset about it and they said we don't have a choice we have to turn over those tables you know it's interesting because you look at that and then you look at the business model of a chick-fil-a where they really kind of reinvented the drive-through line where they send now yeah. they have humans out there waiting for you you never pull up uh, I've only been to Chick-fil-A a few times in the last year or so, but it, you pull up 
to a person, not a window, not a not a not a drive-through kiosk or or speaker. You're pulling up in there, and so the idea is we're going to be best at in in our category at customer service, um, both on hey, we're going to tell you we can absolutely get that for you and uh, get your name for the order and then blah, blah, blah. Make it a personable experience, but also make it quick so that you're not sitting there forever. And where those people make it faster. Well, that's that's it. And that's something where I would love to break that down and say, okay, what are they seeing? Because what they're doing is they're maximizing exactly what the others want to do through the apps and everything else, and that is get people through more uh, people through faster if you go to a chick-fil-a if you go buy a chick-fil-a uh on any day but sunday if you go by at lunchtime especially during the week or, or you know basically any time mm-hmm. the line uh, appears to be all the way around the restaurant which yeah, it, does, it quite yeah. often is but it moves very quickly there are some fast food locations where if you see a line like that it's like okay i can wait i'm gonna go somewhere else yeah. another location or whatever that moves very quickly and and I would love to see how much they have improved the same store sales with just using well, just that. What I'm interested to see is, I'm glad you mentioned Chick-fil-A because there was another story I wanted to tell you about. The Chick-fil-A near me, which does the same thing. You go there at lunchtime and you see how long the line is, but then you see how fast it's moving yeah. and how many people they have out. Well, they close the entire thing for renovation. And yeah. I wonder if... The renovation isn't just because it was fine inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, are they finding a way? Is this about moving the lines even quicker? Yeah. And, you know, what technology are they going to put in? So I'm fascinated to see when they open up. And I think they're closed for like three months. But it was major renovation. I mean, this is digging up the parking lot. It's yeah. not just inside the store. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that's, this is this is about outside. Likely adding more lanes, yeah. and you're seeing that with, uh, I saw a few McDonald's that are doing the same thing, where everything now, the focus is on the outside, get people through that line, because fewer people are coming inside to eat, and they're taking advantage of that, and they should be. Sort of the original idea of fast food restaurants. Exactly. Original McDonald's. The McDonald's you didn't, you didn't brothers, eat, that you, was it. Right, you didn't eat inside, you ate outside. That's it's, right. It's funny how it's come full turn. It, it, it is full circle, yeah, yeah. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, it is going to be very interesting to see what happens today and next week with this entire uh, Biden allegation of bribery. This is really good yeah. because you and I talked about how what made yesterday a fascinating day was the silence surrounding it. There was no, no Democrats supporting the president saying this was false. The White House wasn't saying it was false. Nothing. Nothing. They weren't even this. coming out saying the president has never broken the... They didn't yep. say no. anything. And if that holds for today, then you'll know that this thing has real potential to be huge.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord! We get it! They have chemistry! Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.